Hi, everyone. This is Tom Salami. Thanks for joining us on the MedTech Talk podcast. Very happy to have you here. We are uh, in the midst of assembling our agenda for our June 1st MedTech conference. And uh, one of the uh, issues we'll, of course, be addressing is finding investors, finding uh, capital to fund your startup. And uh, we'll certainly uh, tackle that issue on stage. We've got a few uh, a few things percolating there. And uh, we're going to tackle that today here on the podcast because there is money out there. It's just a matter of going uh, and finding it. And uh, the, the person we talked to today, his name is uh, Zishan Muhammadi. He's the CEO of FundRx. It's a new type of venture capital firm based in New York City. Uh, it is, uh, I, I kind of in the, in the interview suggested it fell somewhere in between uh, an angel network and uh, crowdfunding, but it's much more than that. And uh, Zishan will, will get into its formation. Uh, it basically represents uh, family offices and uh, and high net uh, worth individuals who not only have the capital to invest, but also the insights to, to help a startup. So it's uh, it's an interesting approach to uh, to funding uh, med tech companies. Uh, they they look a little bit on the later stage than I thought. Uh, they look for companies that are coming close to uh, securing five ten k, but uh, that's not uh, that's not necessarily uh, an area that doesn't need the help. I mean, that those companies need that funding, and Funerex seems to have a unique way of uh, approaching that. And on top of that, the way they uh, they do their due diligence and the networks they build, they are uh, open to making connections with other investors who perhaps will invest in companies that uh, Funerex isn't necessarily willing to back. So. They're a good firm to know, uh, and this is a, a great interview to hear what they're up to. So uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Zishan Muhammadi. Again, he's the CEO of FundRx. And uh, don't forget to uh, register for the MedTech Conference. It's happening on June 1st in Minneapolis. Go to medtechconference.com. That is uh, our URL, and we are proud of it. And uh, feel free to... Uh, to use the new code we have created for our MedTech Talk podcast listeners. Uh, type in MedTech Talk and you will save $200 off of the uh, registration fee, including the discounted fee that's going on right now. So if you are attending on June 1st, uh, just sign up right away or, or within the next month or so, and uh, you'll be able to, uh, with, with the discount that's already in place and this code, you can knock off uh, a good a good chunk of the registration fee, and we would uh, we would seriously love to see you there. So let's get into this interview with uh, Fund RX. All right, Zishan Muhammadi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. It's a pleasure, and uh, I want to learn all about Fund RX. First, I want to learn who did you kill to get the uh, URL fundrx.com because that that had to be hard to get. <laughs> that was a funny story. We actually had uh, FunderX.co to begin with, and uh, there was an individual um, .co, just oh. .co. Oh, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. And and uh, there was an individual who you know ran a travel site who also happened to own the .com. Uh, so we you know reached out to this guy and, and engaged in a bit of a negotiation and. Um, ultimately had to pay a little bit for it, uh, but he, uh, he 
he was trying to get warrants in our business and offset some of the costs because <laughs> we told him, of course, we're you know startup, etc., with uh, extra travel vouchers. And we were like, this is this is probably the most bizarre uh, URL negotiation. And so we were like, look, we'll just pay a little bit more cash and let's just call it clean. So <laughs> got lucky on that one. <laughs> some some Starbucks gift cards too, please, if you don't mind. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, it's a it's a good name and a, and a good URL to have. And uh, let's uh, let's move beyond the name and talk about what you do. You're a you're a venture capital firm. Uh, well, now let me find first about you. How, how did you find your way to to fund RX? Uh, what what led you to this strange world of, uh, of of creating and funding companies? Yeah. So I was always kind of in you know the entrepreneurial space and, and was always you know, helping build companies and so forth and became really intrigued by healthcare um, while I was working you know, with a boutique investment bank here in New York uh, that was focused on M&A and licensing in, in the life sciences space. And there I was building you know, an internal product to help manage uh, deal flow. So you know, it was tracking all the M&A and, and license opportunities and you know, other investment banks we were using it and whatnot. And uh, with the data that I was working with, there was a tremendous amount of um, validation around early stage investing. There was, you know, a lot of acquisition activity happening, primarily, you know, with with companies that had uh, that were worth, you know, twenty, twenty five million, and so forth. And there were you know, returns were around three to five x on these acquisitions. And of course, this was sort of a heightened time, um, you know, in, in two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen, with pharma doing a lot of buys, and so. I, I became really intrigued by sort of the investment process in early stage and realized that there was a, a bit of misalignment in you know, how people were going about approaching these transactions. Um, one was that there was a ton of bias from partners and so forth on how they were you know, picking which deals to even dig into. Um, and so I thought there was, you know, there was something around that moving beyond people's sort of previous experiences to, uh, to take more objective approaches on on deals and companies, especially at the early stage, where you know they're not they're not the savviest and in, in selling themselves, let's say. Um, and then second was this fascination with you know how the industry was really you know from a transactional standpoint just stacked with consultants. Um, you know, it almost felt like that you know the bankers or, or, or investors had very little you know expertise naturally in um, in the area of the company that they're working with, and so. You bring in all these third parties to to help evaluate transaction. I said I was curious around you know, how that could also change from an investment standpoint. Um, is there a way to get everybody also on the same side of the fence when when making a deal? Um, so that that sort of curiosity led into uh, what we you know now are are doing at Plunder X, where the the idea is pretty much you know, still to invest in early stage companies. Um, but build alignment and, and move past bias by working with sort of experts around different angles of a company to, to do the co-diligence and then sort of portion of the co-investment as well. So what were some of the companies that uh, that you led, that you were uh, a part of? Um, so in the healthcare space, prior to FunderX, it was a company called Abrex, um, which is now called Deals.Bio, but it was a, a deal flow tracking product um, where uh, I was helping sort of on on more on the technology and, and sort of true guts of the business where we were doing all the M&A and licensing tra- uh, tracking for life sciences. Uh, prior to that, there was no direct exposure to healthcare. I was actually uh, kind of just working 
um, with a few different firms uh, identifying, you know, alternative investments. These guys were working in real estate and, and uh, you know, structured finance and whatnot. So working as an independent to source companies in, in different areas uh, outside of their scope. Um, and you know, prior to that, while I was in, at university uh, at Emory in Atlanta, uh, helped sort of build a, a social business around, um, you know, supply chain management that was sort of taking a, a new angle at designing products in, in sort of the, the college space. So reevaluating how we produce uh, apparel, how we produce furniture and, and whatnot. Um, so that was sort of my, my entrepreneurial uh, journey, you could say. Wow. So how did you settle in on healthcare? So prior to working um, on Abrax, I was uh, looking at, you know, helping other firms look for uh, investment opportunities outside their core competencies. And so I spent a lot of time uh, at conferences for a bunch of different industries, um, you know, agri-tech, uh, real estate technology, uh, consumer beverage companies, and so forth. Uh, and there was, uh, you know, I'd grown up in a household of doctors, so I had an interest in uh, healthcare, and so I, I actually went to the J.P. Morgan conference um, as a total, you know, uh, a total outsider to the industry, wow, that, having worked in healthcare investments. That must have been you know, they have all these. Yeah, it was interesting because you, you, they have all these, you know, shadow conferences that happen around J.P.M. Um, and a good friend of mine was was doing you know, investment research at, at a bank, and so he said, "Look, just come. There's these other conferences you can get in." Um, luckily, the guy. Um, that I was kind of, you know, helping out would, you know, I just sort of drop business card name and you know, they would you know, let you in as an investor. Um, so I was, became pretty fascinated with, you know, all sort of the activity there. And, and it was very, um, it was very sort of stale from a uh, investor standpoint. Everybody was very much uh, rigid on their uh, investment thesis, particularly around, you know, many indications and so forth. Um, and here I was kind of just taking meetings, you know, ad hoc. Uh, and so uh, that's where I ran into my buddy who was, who was working with this investment bank in New York. Um, and he said, look, you know, if you have some interest in this space, you can bring, uh, you know, an entrepreneurial product mind uh, to, uh, to us and, and help us think through this idea that we have. And, and that's sort of how I got involved um, inadvertently in, into the healthcare space. That's great. Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely you, you dove into the deep end right away at J.P. Morgan to kind of get a taste of it all. But uh, but that is really the, the pinnacle of everything. So let's get into into uh, FundRx. Uh, how, how did you, you you kind of I guess you saw the opportunity. You saw all these folks, all these interests that needed alignment. How did you sort of put together the idea of of creating FundRx? And and in this answer, let's let's introduce people to FundRx. I covered it a bit in the intro, but uh, tell us a bit what you do. You're a venture capital fund, but you're not really a venture capital fund. You've got a, a really unique approach to it. Yep. So we're a firm uh, that focuses on, on early stage healthcare across the board. So biotech, medtech, healthcare IT services. Um, what's different about our investment process is that you know, we'll actually peer review companies where we take non-confidential data and present it to you know, relevant experts on our platform. Um, which is you know, comprised of about almost 3,000 experts across the industry, so physicians, scientists, um, and then sort of relevant uh, industry stakeholders. In that process, you know, we're, we're sort of getting to the trust of the company, the guts of it, saying, 
you know, right, physicians do, is there is there a validation of sort of this unmet need? Um, is the differentiation in standard care very real here uh, from a scientific standpoint? You know, individuals who are doing a lot of research in that in that space, you know, how uh, viable could this technology be? And then, you know, let's say if it's a medical device company, uh, we're talking to people around manufacturing risks, pricing sensitivities, um, distribution, et cetera. And this screening process really allows us to kind of remove a lot of the, the bias of, of, you know, let's say Funder X Investment Committee uh, to really just see quickly from the industry, uh, from the market itself, you know, is this a compelling opportunity? Uh, if it is, then, you know, we sort of engage in formal due diligence uh, and again, this is sort of the, the, another aspect of difference in, in Fundrex's approaches, where the members on our platform um, who are helping us with the sort of diligence of the company then also get the opportunity to co-invest. Um, and so, you know, in a traditional venture-style deal, you know, the, the minimum bite sizes are very significant and blocks out a lot of these individuals from, from participating. Uh, but here, you know, because they're sort of working alongside uh, Fundrex. You know, they can you know, really dig in and, and they view the company then more so from a investor lens than, than just kind of a, a consultant fee-for-service lens and, you know, ultimately um, get, you know, either convinced enough to say, you know what, I'm going to vote with my checkbook and put something in here. Um, or, you know, they'll say, you know, this is, this is good, but I'm not too bullish on, on where this could, could sort of end up. Um, and so, that creates a lot of alignment from you know, the individuals we're, we're engaging for uh, in that process. And then ultimately, um, we have sort of a, a traditional capital network that we go to after we've sort of gone through um, the company in depth to say, you know, hey, here's this deal. And, and these, are, these are about, you know, 25, uh, 30 traditional LPs um, who invest with us on a deal-by-deal basis. So this is where we really call ourselves a pledge fund. Um, where they can sort of commit and invest directly through our vehicles um, into a you know into an opportunity, um, and so we'll 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 then ultimately make that investment through a vehicle, and then sort of post investment, uh, this is also where we, we we think we're a little different, or at least our process is different. We'll support these companies by really opening up our network and our platform, almost in a sort of LinkedIn for for healthcare venture format. Um, where, you know, companies, we really think that we take the position that, you know, to really generate a ton of alpha in sort of the venture space, uh, particularly in areas that are so, uh, that require such specific skill sets and knowledge bases like healthcare, you know, there's only so much that, you know, FunderX investment team or management can really add value at the end of the day. Um, and frankly, you're always working on, you know, many other items, you know, in running a firm, looking at other investments and so forth, um, that the support component really kind of happens vis-a-vis uh, -vis the platform. So, you know, relevant experts who, in, who co-invested in that space will be more directly involved with that company, um, helping them, you know, directly in, in ways that, uh, you know, we obviously couldn't and, and that played to their strengths. Um, but also it gives them access to areas where, or, or, or individuals that, you know, help them sort of plug gaps. So we've often placed many people on scientific advisory boards, um, made strategic corporate or business development introductions without sort of the, extra bit without, without eating up, you know, the firm's bandwidth, you could say, uh, more or less it's happening virtually through the platform. And companies really appreciate that because, you know, they're not waiting for someone to respond to their email. They sort of dig in directly. Um, and, and members on our platform get excited about it because, you know, this is also sort of capitalizing on this trend of people wanting to engage industry uh, more directly 
than than sort of the traditional market research components that you see with other firms. Um, so, so, so this sort of you know all packaged um, is really what what you know we we think makes FunderX different. Um, you know, none of this stuff is you know super proprietary or, or unique. These are obviously elements that exist across a lot of different firms and and, and other industries. But you know, really for us, it's, it's kind of packaging um, and and building a, a flow. Uh, for both from the investment side and, and the portfolio side, um, that really, really works well. We're going to take a quick break from this conversation with Zeeshan at FundRx to uh, reward our MedTech Talk podcast listeners. We're grateful. We're thankful. We appreciate your listening. So please do use the MedTech Talk code when you register to attend the MedTech Conference, which is happening on June 1st in Minneapolis. Go to medtechconference.com. That is our great URL, and we are proud of it. And uh, when you register, you'll be prompted to uh, plug in a promotional code, plug in MedTechTalk, all one word, and you will uh, knock $200 off the price. Use it right away, and you'll knock $200 off of our already discounted price. So it's a, it's a great time to register. We're grateful. We're thankful. Thank you for listening to MedTechTalk. And, uh, and please do use the code when you register to attend the event, which is happening again on June 1st in Minneapolis. Now, I know we all want to talk about financing. So back to this conversation with Zeeshan at FundRx. You've sort of sit on a spectrum, I guess, with a traditional angel network being on, on one end and uh, kind of a, a crowdfunding site being, being on the other uh, it seems like you've sort of got a, a, a network of, of angels, obviously, you know, people with, with some means to invest, some expertise to share, and you're using FundRx.com as kind of a, a platform upon which they can, can all operate. And you're pretty explicit on your uh, entrepreneurs page. It's FundRx.com backslash entrepreneurs. You really go into detail about uh, what it's like applying for funding, what people should expect. You suggest there's a couple of webinars that uh, they'll have to participate in to, uh, to sort of uh, inform others as to what they're doing and, and kind of to, to, to vet their idea. So is, is that how you see it as well? I mean, are you really providing just some level of, uh, of uh, a technical platform to uh, a, funding, uh, a funding infrastructure that, that kind of already exists with, with perhaps with angels? It, to some extent, yeah. There's this, this element of, of you know, making – uh, connections easier and identifying opportunities, but it's, it's a closed loop, right? So it's not a platform that's open to the general public, not any angel or any investor can just sign up and, and start making investments and looking at companies. Um, we really look at it, you know, as, as a fund in that we have micro LPs and, and, and sort of, you know, traditional major LPs. Um, and so, you know, for us, when we want to engage experts, it's very systematic. It's very targeted. We work with large data sets to find you know, the appropriate individuals that are really well um, suited to to help advise or uh, evaluate a company. Um, and we invite them into the network. And oftentimes, many of these people, so for example, if you're you know, a, a PhD or a scientist who's been doing research in a particular area for 10 years, you, you're not really, you know, you're probably not an accredited investor and you're not really you know, obviously in a position to be making uh, investments. And so we don't really encourage it from that regard. It's, it's some optionality there, um, you know, of course, if you're accredited. But the, the way we look at it is that, you know, you're kind of aligning with us as you're investing intellectual capital um, in that you know, type of example where we'll share, you know, which is, again, nothing too novel. We'll share with, you know, that individual portion of our carry 
in that vehicle um, in, in, you know, across that, uh, across that investment. Um, and, and, you know, we've sort of evolved that model to do some more, um, you know, sort of large carry systems across, you know, entire portfolios for a year. Um, but, you know, that individual is not somebody who, who generally just stumbles on. And, and though there are many instances where people are applying to join our network, um, we're very deliberate in who we bring in and, and who we work with. Uh, for us, it's, it's definitely a function of quality and, and ultimately value add um, to the ecosystem for, for the investment component. And then on the, and sort of on the major LP side, this is, this is you know, traditional investor relations sort of approach where you know, we've identified individuals who, uh, you know, primarily family offices, high net worth individuals, and, and sort of other institutional investors who, who've always wanted to invest in healthcare. Um, it's a really compelling asset class. It's done really well over over a few years, the past few years. Um, so people are interested in more exposure, but it's obviously very difficult to evaluate and make investments in. Um, so we become an, a, 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 a great approach to you know, getting involved in healthcare. Um, as from a traditional OP standpoint. And again, this is sort of classic. You know, we like them, they like us. There's a relationship there. It's very bespoke. It's very high touch. It's not like they're just you know, logging into FunderX and, and, and making wire transfers. This is you know, what any other firm would be doing uh, to manage sort of larger capital uh, networks. We, we sort of take that approach. So this is where we, we really kind of move away from, uh, I think, the, the traditional idea of crowdfunding and so forth. I, I always like to think about it in, you know, uh, in the social media context where there was, you know, web 1.0, then there was web 2.0. And then it was just like web 2.0 is not 2.0 is not a real term anymore. There's so many variations to what, you know, a social web looks like. Um, and I think that's, that's probably been true. Uh, and I believe it's true in, in the online sort of investing phenomenon that has happened in, in private investing. Um, I would say over the past few years. No, and I think that's a good point. And I would have put you more on the on the spectrum of the angel investors, where you've got people with with means and with expertise to to contribute to a company. I, I noticed on, on the on the site you make a good point um, for the entrepreneurs to to, to inform that you know, any any capital invested um, will be will be one lump sum of capital when the, when the, the 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 ownership is divided. It's it's just it's a funder X is is the investor of this company. You don't have to split it between three or four or five different people who may sort of be um, contributing to the company either monetarily or, or more. So you really kind of establish yourself as, as the point person between this large network or the point entity between this large network of experts and the company. You, you kind of want to run have these communications run through you? Correct. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, kind of being the vessel on that aspect allows – um, allows us to, to, to make sure that there's always a high level of relevancy between, you know, the companies that are engaging with FunderX or, or, uh, and, and, you know, the experts and so forth. We, we've seen in sort of other spaces there, it, it becomes kind of a, um, a zoo, an online zoo of a lot of people with a lot of interest, you know, that's not really well coordinated. Um, and then ultimately, you know, yields a ton of noise. Uh, and there's not a lot of value that you know gets um, a lot of value that gets generated in in kind of building that network. So for us, kind of keeping a and, and we leverage a lot of technology to do this. Uh, we're always sort of improving uh, the quality of our network and, and again sort of that the relevancy component uh, just to make sure that everything is you know, very impactful for for both sides. 
So, so you make it easy from the entrepreneur point of view. You're, you're the one single point of contact for for an LP, someone who's interested in, in investing. Do they share in the returns uh, of an investment, even if their participation in FundRx is is limited? Perhaps they the, none of the deals were of interest to them. Perhaps none of the deals really fell with their their expertise. Do they still get a, a some kind of check cut, perhaps at the end of the year? So. The way our investments work is in each vehicle, you obviously have the, the experts um, who are involved as uh, the ones who helped us with doing some of the due diligence. Uh, and if they don't invest, then you know they see uh, a portion of, of the carry from that investment. Uh, from the LP side, if you obviously participate in a vehicle, then you are you know you own a piece of that investment, and, and we'll see some returns from it. Um, what's important to note here on the expert side. Kind of the, the micro LPs. Uh, if you do not participate as an investor, but you helped us evaluate a company, uh, what we're introducing in, in 2017 um, is the ability to uh, own a share in a carry uh, pool for for that year that you participated. Um, so, if you are a cardiologist and you helped us evaluate a medical device company, and we ultimately didn't make that investment, um, however, you know we invested in a uh, device in the, neuro- the neurology space that you know, had an inflection, um, you would still see some of the value uh, from you know, the, the pool, the points that you own in that pooled carry uh, for the year that that investment was occurred and that you participated. So from an LP standpoint, it's very cut and dry. If you engage, you invest, you're involved uh, in that deal. Uh, but you know, from an expert standpoint, if you engage and you don't invest, uh, we still sort of take care of you from from a partner standpoint, just as the way that you know the general partnership is is benefiting from the carry. You know, you are you are also sort of participating in that uh, as well. Oh, well, that's interesting. That works well. Well, let's get into the brass tacks for the entrepreneurs. I mean, I'm sure they're listening to this saying, "Tell us what kind of companies you invest in, and tell us how much capital you can invest in a company." So, what are the companies you look for, both in in uh, technology or sector? and stage, and how much can you commit to a company? So in the device space, we will generally look at companies that are you know, on their way to very close to a 510K um, or you know, have a 510K approval. We're looking for some capital we, 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 or to, to sort of grow out operations and, and get into manufacturing, where you know, on the early stage, we'll be able to invest you know, somewhere between 250 to 500K um, on sort of further down the spectrum, you know, we have the capacity to invest a million, two million. Um, we really, you know, don't, uh, the way we sort of make our investments, we're, we're very much bullish on kind of how does the end user really think about this company, i.e. the surgeon or, or the physician. Um, and so we take a lot of, of that evaluation um, into account early on in that screening process. And so that really yields to us, you know, kind of the excitement Around how this would would um, how well this could potentially be adopted um, once in the market, and, and really will sort of be uh, a major indicator for us in terms of you know how much cash flow we'll actually put up for for an investment. So if I'm uh, a someone in my garage with a device that'll change the uh, interventional cardiology world, but I don't have I'm not on any kind of regulatory path. I just have an idea. Is that 
it, should I approach you, or is that not a, a program you're interested in? Yeah, that would be generally too early to, to approach us. Um, however, you know what's interesting about our peer review process is that you know we'll 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 functionally still run it through um, to see you know where the interest level is from from again from an end user standpoint. Um, and if it's super compelling, what we do is then sort of introduce that entrepreneur to key stakeholders in. Um, in that space that can help them um, build out that company. So this is where we'll sort of engage in, in you know, company formation and, and, and company development um, where you know, we, we want to be able to sort of enable you know, really, really sort of promising technologies, uh, the opportunity to, uh, to come to fruition. Um, and so it's not, you know, we may not invest, but we'll, we'll definitely open up the network and make relevant introductions to, to help get that company in a position where it's where it becomes a compelling investment. And let's just talk a bit about your portfolio. Looking at your website, I see nine companies uh, active, two exits. Uh, what one or two companies sort of represent uh, the FundRx approach? You know, one of the best sort of examples here uh, is is Soundbite uh, Medical, which is a medical device uh, focusing on CTO space. And you know, this is a company that is run by and a serial entrepreneur, an individual who's had um, two major exits to large medical device companies who came to FunderX not so much because he needed, you know, a, a large check, uh, but it was also, but more so because of the, the validation of what an investment looks like uh, from our community. So, you know, this was a company that was peer reviewed uh, by interventional cardiologists and, you know, who also sort of participated in the transaction and have, you know, inherently post-investment added a lot of value uh, from a you know, brain crust standpoint. So if you, if you want to think about you know, compounding a dollar investment with intellectual capital, um, you know, it, it's, been, it's become almost like a major investor for Soundbite. And these are individuals that you know, get leveraged to uh, help the scientific team and, and product team really design you know, and iterate with the input of, of individuals who have you know, vested interest in the company. Um, and that has been really, really valuable uh, to, uh, to Soundbite. And, and similarly, um, other sort of companies on the platform have, have seen that as well. Uh, so that, that's, that is something that we think is what makes this process um, you know, really, really compelling for, for med tech companies. We, we think that we add probably the most value um, to med tech companies over um, maybe some of the other categories. Great. And just finally, who uh, who is with you on the FunderX team? What other who are the other principals at the firm? We have um, there's six of us, and uh, on sort of the, the platform side of the business, it's uh, myself, uh, Gurdan Bhutani, uh, who joined me from Bain, is a good friend of mine, um, and you know Justin Martin, who uh, joined us from uh, a. a growing consumer tech company uh, who, who runs a lot of our uh, technology processes. Uh, on the investment side, we have uh, Janal uh, Bouyan, who is also sort of our co-founding investor um, and is, is a banker who, who works with us a lot on, on a lot of sort of unique transactions. Um, and then our investment committee is primarily run by two individuals, uh, both physicians by training. Uh, one is Dr. Eric Golding, who used to be with Fidelity and Constance Capital. Uh, and the others, uh, Aaron Ron, uh, who's been a more on the services and in health IT side, uh, operating partner at Bessemer at one point, and ran two large 
healthcare plans in New York City, um, and most recently was a chief medical officer, co-founding chief medical officer of, of Oscar Health. Wow, that's terrific. And so, have you do you, you with that background? Do you look in the services space as well? Absolutely. Um, yeah, we think healthcare IT and services are, are obviously um, much tougher spaces to find high quality companies, um, but you know, e, just because there's a ton of activity and, and there's a lot of crowding going on, um, but we we definitely you know are excited about those businesses as they they tend to be a little bit easier to evaluate. You know, um, so it's a, um, it's a great space as well. Right. Well, it sounds like you've got kind of a, a startup culture there of your own, so it's it's kind of interesting parallel with the companies you're investing in. Uh, how do people uh, reach out to you? Are you uh, uh, email the best? Are you on Twitter? Are you LinkedIn? What's the, what's the best way to to reach out uh, to find out more? Email is best. Um, you know, it's just zeshan at funderx dot com. Z e s h a n. Um, would love to hear from from you know anybody uh, in in the audience. I know you guys have a phenomenal podcast and following, so really honored to be on here. I really appreciate the time. Well, we appreciate you sharing Funderex's story, and uh, I, I hope to be following up on some successes uh, very very soon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Zishan Muhammadi, the CEO of FundRx. Uh, once again, this is uh, another way that uh, you can get capital for your startup. It's a, it's a matter of just knowing where to look. So go to FundRx.com. That's an easy URL to remember, just like MedTechConference.com. And uh, begin your process uh, to, uh, to undergo some, some probably healthy due diligence from the principles of FundRx. So... I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I certainly hope you'll uh, give us a ranking on iTunes so we can let uh, other people know about this podcast. And I absolutely positively hope you'll join us on June 1st in Minneapolis. Go to medtechconference.com to register and don't forget to use the MedTech Talk code and save yourself 200 bucks. And then we'll see you in Minneapolis. 